All right, well, good evening, and as always, it is great to be home. Um, I love what the Lord's allowing me to do through my work and through uh, my job there at West Coast Baptist College, and there's a lot of opportunity provided as I travel and everything, but there's no place I love being more than home. And I counted today, and um, some people have brought something to my attention that I'd like to address, and that's that this is now my sixth Christmas since I left for college in California and have graduated and started working um, now my sixth Christmas that I've returned home, and some people have brought it to my attention that I have failed to at least once bring home a nice young lady to introduce to the church. <laughs> and I want to tell you, my official statement is I'm working on it, okay? I'm doing my very best, and I know two things. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, so I'm relying on my church family to pray with me about that, and two, there's always next Christmas, okay? So um, we're getting there. Don't worry about it, okay? Matthew 1. Um, Take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. We're going to read in the first gospel here um, the birth of Christ and the account listed in the book of Matthew. And um, I'm going to start reading there in verse 18, and then we'll open in prayer. God's word says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on the wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But when he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared on him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins." Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph being raised from sleep did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray. Dearly Father, Lord, I thank you for an opportunity to open your word. Lord, we thank you for the gift of salvation. Lord, we thank you for sending us your son. Lord, that's what tomorrow, that's what Christmas is all about. Lord, and I pray that we do not lose sight of that. Lord, tomorrow as we enjoy time with family and, and those we love and exchange gifts, Lord, we remember that this is all about you. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen. It's no doubt that the arrival of a child is an exciting thing. I know that when someone begins to expect a child or someone becomes pregnant, at some point in time, they make that announcement, whether that's just over the phone by calling loved ones and letting them know that a baby is on the way, or whether it's by taking to social media or, or even down the line when they decide to do some sort of gender reveal and they're just excited to tell people about the arrival of a child. Now... I'm not too familiar with this. I haven't resonated with that too much yet, but I know that for some, it is a very exciting thing. For example, tomorrow evening, a child will arrive to my home, and this child, his name is Theo, Theo Seatman. Theo Seatman is the very first grandchild to my mom and dad, and I don't honestly get what all the fuss is about, Okay. <laughs> Because for 23 years, or about 22 years, mom was pretty excited when I was coming home. 
But now it really appears as though I'm home. You know, I, I saw she's not feeling too well, and you need to pray for her tonight. But I saw her last night and this afternoon. Of course, there's a hug. I'm glad you're home. But with all the chit-chat going around the house between my mom and my dad, I'm under the impression they might be more excited for the arrival of Theo. And I don't get it, you know? I'm thinking, you know, Mom, we've spent the last 22, 23 years getting to know each other and building this relationship, and you're more excited about someone you've known for a year. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. They seem to be very excited about the arrival of this child. I'm excited that at the end of next month, I'm going to get to meet my other nephew, Bowden, and for, I call him Bo, and I'm going to get to meet him when, um, at the end of January, when I'm going to meet up with my brother and his wife down there in the States, and um, I'm excited to meet Bowden, my other nephew who has arrived. Now, as special as my nephews are, I love them. I really do. I'm teasing. I love Theo. I think he's awesome. I can't wait to teach him everything I know. And um, I'm excited to meet Bowden. And as special as they are, at the end of the day, the arrival of those children was simply that. They're children. But the arrival of Christ is the, was the arrival of a child that altered the course of history. The arrival of Christ was different in every single aspect from every single child that had been born up until this time. Scripture tells us, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together and she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Immediately, Scripture tells us that this child that would arrive to earth would be different. Now, Think of even as the prophecy that's been mentioned many times already today in the book of Isaiah. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. When the prophet here gave this prophecy of the one day coming Messiah in Isaiah chapter 9, I'm going to read in verse 6. Scripture says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now, I, I, I'm a sucker for a good introduction. I love whether it's I'm watching some some movie or whether I'm reading a book, which doesn't happen too often, or whether I'm, I'm involved in something and I hear a good introduction. Someone leading up and, and someone introduces somebody and they list their accomplishments and their achievements. You know, even for, for my work as they send me out with the different groups, they, they sent me an email one day and they say, you need to write yourself an introduction. We're going to put it on a piece of paper. We're going to send it to the pastors of these churches so they can know a little bit about you before you present the ministry of West Coast Baptist College in their church. They said, and I said, well, what do you want me to write? And they said, well, just Write what you've accomplished. I'm thinking I've 20, I'm 22. I've accomplished absolutely nothing. <laughs> and it was weird not having someone else write it. So I just, I gave my name. I said, I'm Austin Fury. I grew, I was saved at the age of 16. I grew up in my home church in Bethel Baptist Church at Simcoe, Ontario. I graduated this year with the, or I had to write it in the third person, I think, but graduated this year with the Bachelor's of Religious Education with a focus in evangelism. And then I stopped. I had nothing else to bring to the table. And I thought, this is a pretty weak introduction. But I know there's some people throughout history who would have some pretty killer introductions. And as I thought about this, I thought of someone who in the boxing world, if you're familiar with that world at all, you'll know his name immediately. 
And I started looking up some videos of him being introduced as he stepped into the ring near the end of his career, and I'll say his name at the end, but some of you will know it before I even get there, and I'll do my best to announce the introduction for this boxer. He said, representing some of the finest boxing skills our sport has ever seen, wearing black trunks with gold trim, fighting out of Las Vegas, Nevada, weighing in at a steady 146 pounds, 24 world title belts. He is undefeated in his 18-year campaign with a record of 47 wins, no losses, 26 wins coming by way of knockout. Ladies and gentlemen, here is the pound-for-pound great and the pay-per-view king, boxing's future. Hall of Famer, the sensational 11-time world champion in five different weight divisions. Please welcome the reigning, the defending, and the welterweight and super welterweight champion of the world, Floyd Money Mayweather. Pretty amazing introduction. Listing all of his accomplishments for an 18-year-long career and even giving him the nickname of, uh, uh, at the very end. He doesn't just go by Floyd Mayweather. It is Floyd Money Mayweather. Some of you figured that out before I even got too far into his introduction. But isn't it incredible that this is what the world looks at as an accomplishment? That they look at somebody who has mastered the art of dodging a punch and throwing a punch and winning competitions and, and being the cha- this champion of the world in his field, and although it is impressive, it is nothing like the introduction we see when Jesus Christ arrived on the scene. Because Floyd Money Mayweather, he has been given a nickname, of adding money to his name, and he lives his life. If you begin to do any research on him, he owns up to that nickname by being as materialistic as possible. There's photos of him all over the internet with millions upon millions of dollars laying on a table, and he's just sitting there decked out in jewelry and in $50,000 watches and all sorts of things, and yet at the end of the day, all of that will burn up like wood, hay, and stubble, and his name will be forgotten in the pages of eternity if he does not know Christ. And we place value on an introduction, but nobody has received an introduction like Jesus. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, scripture says, for unto us a child is born. But let's break down this introduction quickly. In that first line, there's absolutely nothing special about a child arriving. I Googled it, and you're welcome to argue with me if you'd like. I'll probably just immediately say, you're right, I agree with you, because it's faster that way. (laughs) But I looked it up. At this point in time, they speculated that the birth of Jesus Christ, there was probably around 170 million people living on the earth at this time. Now we understand that, uh, and I looked up before that, before the flood, that there was a speculated around 240 million people living on the earth at that time before the flood. So you had 240 million people and arguably many more because they live longer and in quality of life and all sorts of things. That was the lowest possible number they would figure would be 240 million. That, and then of course God destroying the world at that time by way of flood and then they repopulated the earth to around 170 million people. So At this point in time, millions upon millions upon millions of children have been born. So what's special about this introduction? If you stop reading there, a child is born, great. It's a child. We've seen millions. 
But we continue reading in the introduction, and it says, unto us a son is given. But how is that special? If there's 170 million people on the earth at this time, then arguably there's been about 85 million sons born. So still, we're not seeing anything special about the introduction that is being laid out in front of us because we know that it is a child and it is a son. But then we turn a corner. Scripture tells us that this child that is born and the son that is given, the government shall be upon his shoulder. Now there have been children who have been born throughout history who have been heirs to mighty kingdoms who would one day replace the king and queen of England who would one day take over these monarchies, children who no doubt very early on in their life would be subject to a place of status and power yet there still has not been a child where anyone can be able to say the government, the dominion shall be upon his shoulders. So we begin to see something special about this child and this prophecy that this is not just a child. It's not just a son. This is something special. Red, 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 red here. I'll keep going until we figure something out. Did I get a different one? It's on. There we go. Welcome back. Okay. <laughs> we see his, the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful. Now, I'm sure there are plenty of people in here who when you've met your child or grandchild, the words have slipped out of your mouth, Wonderful. But you probably haven't used a word like this when referring to a child, counselor. You look at a child and you say, this is going to be a long 18 years of telling them how to do absolutely everything and needing to teach them absolutely everything. And you wouldn't give that baby the benefit of the doubt that they would be able to infinitely, through his infinite wisdom, counsel somebody else and be there for them. But that's who Christ was. And then we immediately turn even a greater corner because we describe aspects of this child and how special he truly was and then immediately goes from counselor to the mighty God. Dad preached a good portion on this morning speaking of the deity of Christ and how this baby, how Jesus truly was God and there are scholars out there, I don't know how you can call yourself a scholar and miss something so clearly stated in scripture that is saying this child that would be born will be the mighty God. I know nobody in this room and nobody ever will be able to and nobody ever has outside of Jesus been able to look at their child and say, this is God. But when Jesus was born, that was exactly what took place. The mighty God, the everlasting Father. 
There are some out there who would like to tell us that the birth of this child is a wonderful thing and they would believe that Jesus Christ um, was who he said he was or he's fully man or this or that, but that some of them won't say that he is a part of the Trinity, that he is not, the, whereas Jesus Christ himself said, I and my Father are one. And Jesus Christ made it very clear that he was not simply another person like you and I. And although he was fully man, he was fully God the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Children do not bring peace. I'm sorry, it's true. I'm sure yours are great. I'd love to meet them sometime. But I know that at some point, if Theo's gonna be in my house for probably 24, I don't know how long they're in town, but however long he's in town, chances are he will not be on his best behavior at a year and four months old the entire time. There will be a little disturbance of the peace at some point. I'm bracing myself for it, and I know where to hide in the house when that happens. It's okay. And yet this child that was coming to earth would be the prince of peace. He wasn't just any other child. He was Jesus Christ. I read that introduction of Floyd Money Mayweather and to some it's exciting and I'm sure if you were in the ring and you were a fan when that introduction was made, it would send chills down your spine to realize that you are in the presence of boxing greatness. But did you know that if you know Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior, greatness lives within you in the form of the Holy Spirit of God as a result of the sacrifice of Christ. The way Jesus was introduced was unlike any other because he was unlike any other. It was very clear in this prophecy that Jesus would be no ordinary child. He would be the Christ child. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1 in verse 18. Scripture says the birth of Jesus Christ. You know, when dad texted me and asked me to preach this evening, he um, said, your topic is going to be the Christ child. He said, we've been going through the characters of Christmas. And I said, well, thank goodness, Jesus Christ is actually the only character in Christmas that I know personally. I've never met Jesus, or sorry, I've never met Joseph. I've never met Mary. I've never met any of the, the shepherds, but I have met Jesus Christ. And so I was excited about that fact, but as I began to think about it, I I thought to myself, well, Christ. We speak of Jesus all the time, and, and we know his name is Jesus Christ, but is Christ just some sort of fancy middle name? The very name Jesus Christ has a purpose. The translation of Jesus is Jehovah is salvation. And Christ means the anointed one. Written within the very fabric of this child's name will show us his purpose for his arrival and his authority in those two simple words. Jehovah is salvation and he is the anointed one. You know, it blows my mind that Jesus Christ was born to die. It humbles me that he was born to die because what business would absolute perfection and holiness have taking upon himself the form of a man to die for those who do not deserve it? Now, there might be some of us in here willing to die for someone else's sins. 
Someone in this room might say, you know what, I would be willing to give my life for a loved one. And scripture tells us for scarcely for a righteous person would one die. And yet Jesus Christ was willing to give his life for the unrighteous. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Scripture tells us that, and it's amazing to think that some of us might be willing to make that sacrifice, but the truth of the matter is that doesn't change the fact that through our death, we would not be able to save sinners even if we were willing to because we were all just simply born as children, sinful children, shapen in iniquity, all of us needing a savior, but Jesus Christ was not just a child. He was the anointed savior of the world. Amen. Take your Bibles and turn to Philippians chapter two and we're done. Philippians chapter two. Scripture tells us in verse five, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, which was also in the anointed Savior of the world, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Scripture is very clear that when Jesus Christ was born, this was not just another child. This was the Christ child. And you say, well, what was he anointed for? He was anointed to be the savior of the universe. What is anointing? It is a setting apart of, and Jesus Christ was set apart because he was the only one who could have been set apart. He was the only perfect one. He was the only sacrifice that would have been without spot or blemish that would have been able to take away the sins of the world. Only Jesus. And scripture tells us the very reason that that name Jesus is a name which is above every other name is, became, he, he is because he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, he humbled himself. He took upon himself the form of a servant. Jesus Christ did what no one else was willing to do or could do because of his great love for us. Christmas. A holiday that holds the name of our Savior in its title, and yet often we just treat it as a day off that we can spend on ourselves. And yet the very arrival of the birth of Jesus Christ has shaped history, not just in the time that we even count our years in terms of before Christ and after Christ, but in a sense that Every person who has ever accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior had a change for eternity. And as a result of that sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, we can be free. 
I'm not trying to convince anyone to sit around tomorrow and mope over the fact and feel guilty for receiving presents or spending time with family, but it would be a great shame on us if we did not take any time tomorrow to thank God for sending his son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The gospel is so simple, but it all started when an extraordinary child came to this earth willingly and laid down his life willingly as the perfect lamb of God and died on a cross and rose from the dead three days later so that you and I and anybody else could go to heaven when they die and have a relationship with Christ for all of eternity. It's not just a day. And it's not just a day because the arrival of this child was not just a child. It was the Christ child. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I love you. I thank you for a chance to serve you, Lord, and I just pray. Lord, that as we celebrate your birth tomorrow, Lord, that we do not lose sight of the blessing it is to be children of God, Lord. And I pray for anybody in this room who's wondering, Lord, if they truly do know you, Lord, I pray that they understand this is the greatest decision they could ever make. And I pray that they make it tonight, Lord. You sent your son so that they could be free and the only thing stopping them is whether they choose to accept that gift or not. Thank you for being the anointed one. Thank you for being the savior of the world. In Christ's name, amen.